Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Greetings. Welcome to the podcast. This is Father Nathan and Father Michael. Hello. We are here recording what is to be, according to some numbers, uh, if you don't count the podcast that we recorded and then deleted off of the podcast um, because of the computer, but this is our 200th podcast. So, So yeah, congratulations. And my third. And your third. I feel like the bass player from Metallica that kind of came in late. Did he? There was a few of them, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they'd always like have these big celebrations and... He'd be like, yeah, I just stepped in a month ago, but yeah, love me anyway. Did you see that uh, there was a Twitter uh, Twitter outburst or something like everybody was freaking out because this girl posted pictures of her dad playing with Kurt Cobain. Oh. And uh, she's like, yeah, here's my dad playing, you know, guitar with Kurt Cobain. And then like people realized like this is pre Nirvana. And Gosh. so it's like his first concert. Wow. So, and then they're like, you're totally cool. Yeah. 20th anniversary of Kurt Cobain's death, if that's what you want to call it. Um, so She shouldn't have posted. She could have made some money off that. She could, That's what everybody yeah. said. That would have been huge. Yep. Too late. Yeah. Back before the addiction. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Back before Courtney Love. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Courtney Love, um, we're going to get to the podcast today because this one is... Too good to keep on the back burner for for so long. So, Olo. Yes, and two disclaimers before we begin this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, first of all, I think it's high time we do one because many people have asked on dating. And so that is what this is going to be. It's on dating. Uh, two disclaimers. First of all, I think uh, this might be one of those podcasts that I'm looking for feedback on. So please do mm. give me feedback. Because this might not be the only one, because today I want to talk about the very beginning of the dating process. And second of all, when you heard uh, me say that, you might know that, yes, we are two celibate men sitting here yep. in a tiny room without wives telling us what to do. And so we and are without girlfriends drinking to... what we want to drink and, and doing what we want to do. And yes, no, no girlfriends, no wives. So, But both of us have dated, and both of us really liked dating. Yeah. So it was a good thing. And so... We can reflect on dating as as a way that we could not reflect on marriage, but we could reflect on dating. So a bit of reflection, a bit of receiving from the church, also her wisdom. And I talked to quite a few people that I'll do shout outs at the end for also in preparation for this. Um, so uh, most people, when they say, you know, there's all this conventional wisdom, there's been books written about this. And so I, I don't want to get into any of that because honestly, I've never read those books. So if repeating something that's a greater wisdom than mine... Um, Sorry, I apologize in advance. But um, a lot of people would say, of course, you date in order to get married, which I agree with 100%. That's okay. the whole point. But I think it's even worse. So, you know, when, when people accuse us Catholics of being cannibals because we eat the body of Christ, you uh-huh. know, I often say, oh, it's a lot worse than that, right? Cannibals eat the dead body of somebody. We eat the living body or the body Ooh. of someone who's still living, you know. True. Over-scandalize, you know. And so it's the same thing here. I, I think oftentimes we think that we, you know, we date in order to get married. But I think when we're considering dating someone, I think this is what the point is here. We're considering dating someone. We have to say it's not only am I dating to get married, I'm dating to be married for 50 years. In other words, if I'm considering my whatever platinum anniversary, what is that? 
Sure. I don't know what that is. Anyway, you, you gifts per year for anniversary. Well, whatever yeah. it is. If, if like 25 years, consider. Platinum's got to be like 60. 60, something like right? that. Right? Yeah. So, okay. 50 is like, 50 is like 50 is diamond, right? gold. Silver is 25. I think 50 Silver's is gold. 50 is gold. Anyway, we'll look it up. Okay. What is one paper? Uh, maybe. It's like. I, all I know is that the rock. fifth year anniversary is is wood. Fifth is wood. Okay. Because we just celebrated our fifth anniversary and. Ah. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Yep. Father and I'm I'm ten years a priest, so I'll have to look up what that is. There you go. Whatever what is that? Aluminum. I, I got shoes. Somebody gave me shoes and somebody gave me a vest. Maybe it's Did you get leather. a new vest? No. Oh. Hey, this is a while ago. I did get new shoes today though. The shoes on the ground, those are literally brought to me today by a parishioner. Sick. That's how they judge me. It's like passive aggressive. Oh, here's some shoes. Oh, Father. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. Are they that bad? I went to annoying a lady the other day and uh, I walk in and there's a sister in there and she goes, Hello, Father. I was like, hello. And she's like, are you a religious priest? And I go, no. And she like looks down at my feet, kind of like, oh, then you're just kind of relaxing, huh? Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, gosh. Anyways. <laughs> Only God can judge me. Yeah. All right. So anniversaries. So, so anniversaries. You're, you're going to be with this person for the rest of your life. Yes. And no so, pressure. Exactly. But you need to consider when you're, when you're investigating. Well, so to start off with. This is the wisdom of, of Mrs. O'Loughlin, my mom. She told me when I was little, I think I came home third grade, and I said, Mom, I'm in love. This is a girl I'm going to marry. Her name is Angela. Nice. I'm guessing Angela doesn't listen, right? And uh, the podcast. Um, I'm going to marry this girl. My mom said, you know, you need to remember, Michael, that every single girl is worthy of love. Every single girl in the world is lovable. Therefore, hmm. if you were on a desert island with any girl in the world, you would fall in love with her. And I think she was kind of telling me, it's it's more than just the emotional, oh, she's pretty and she likes talking to me and I like talking to her type thing. So there was a real, pretty much she was saying you need discernment and you need before before you fall in love because you're going to fall in love with anybody. Before you fall in love, you need to make sure that it makes sense. Is okay. this the person that makes sense to fall in love with? So that's kind of what I'm getting at here is that the you have to say that the first, I mean, never been married, I'm guessing, the first two or three years are a period of entertainment, right? You, 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 your spouse is good looking, your spouse is funny, you like hanging out with your spouse. You get beyond that and weakness, vulnerability, you know, we, we don't look as good, we don't sound as good. All, all, all the weaknesses of humanity start coming in yeah. and hopefully at this point you've really fallen in love with them and so you let all those roll off your back, you're able to deal with them in love, you thrive in the relationship. So, when you're finding someone to date, I actually think that's the best way to do it. In other words, you consider when when I look at my vulnerabilities, if I look at my weaknesses and my vices, if I consider that this person is going to be walking with me and complimenting me and being, being complimentary, complimentary to my life, in other words, when they're changing my diapers and when I'm changing theirs, well, when we get old and, and we start falling apart, what am I going to need at that point to continue to grow holy when it's more than just the, the, the surface emotion? So when you're looking to date someone, you don't tell them you're doing this, of course, because that just sounds way too forward and like you're jumping the gun. But I'm thinking about changing your diapers. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So the, uh, so the reality is, is that you're saying when, when my vulnerabilities start becoming real vulnerabilities, when they start being real hindrances to my life because – they become amplified over time in a marriage. You know, you come, you become more and more aware of each other's weaknesses. I need to find someone that is going to be able to handle my specific weaknesses and also that needs my specific strengths. So in other words, 
heaven, going all the way past marriage. Marriage is for heaven, right? Dating is for marriage, marriage is for heaven. So in heaven, what heaven is, and I'm bringing in very Byzantine theology here. So in, in heaven, well, here it, it go, is, it is <laughs> it's theosis, right? Theosis means union with God. Uh-huh. And if I'm united with God and you're united with God, then we're all united to each other. So that's what heaven is. That's what paradise is, is unity with God. All of our needs are met. All of our passions, all of our desires are met through union with God. And that also means union with each other. So if we look at what that is, it's an imitation and a participation in the life of the Trinity. The Trinity is a union of persons. So we will participate in that reality in an even more real way than we can here on earth in heaven. And so what the Trinity is doing is they are another Greek word, kenosis. There's a self-emptying. We hear that Christ emptied himself on the cross and became a slave, etc. So we the whole the Trinity within itself is, is emptying itself. Each member of the Trinity is emptying themselves for the other two. That's what love is, mm-hmm. self-gift, self-emptying. So in heaven, we will be able to finally give ourselves completely for those we love. We cannot do that here on earth. We're too selfish, and and, and sacrifice involves suffering here on earth. It, it's too much, too painful for us to empty ourselves completely. In heaven, for all eternity, we can do that. But for all eternity, we'll be able to do it so perfectly that we will enjoy it. So that we won't, we won't want nothing else than to sacrifice, nothing else than to give ourselves completely for those we love. And so when you get married, you do that more intensely here on earth. And so when you're dating somebody, you are going to be looking at them and saying, what do they need in a spouse? And what do I need in a spouse? And so the person I'm considering dating, those things are going to thrive. My weaknesses and my vulnerabilities are going to be met by their strengths. And so I by the time I'm, you know, dating, I'm, I'm 16 to 18 to 20 years old, I know my weaknesses well enough where I say, it's not like I'm going to rush in and ask people, you know, I, I really struggle at parties, you know, interacting with people. Are, are you the type that can be very confident at parties? You know, that's actually going to help a marriage when, when it goes along. If you don't think about that stuff, you're going to fall in love with someone that doesn't make any sense because you will fall in love with people. They're, everybody is lovable. Again, the wisdom of Mrs. O'Loughlin again. Everybody is lovable, and so you will fall in love with them. So the best thing to do at the beginning is to make sure the person that you're going to spend time with and that you will most likely fall in love with eventually, that that actually makes sense. And the way you do that is you look forward all the way to when marriage is going to be hard, and you know that your weaknesses are going to get on your spouse's nerves, and you know that your spouse's weaknesses are going to get on your nerves, and you say, is this the person that is going to work with my weaknesses and work with my strengths and am I going to work with their weaknesses and their strengths and those are things you can perceive pretty early on in the relationship Mm. what do you think so far well I'm just kind of zoning out because I'm thinking about the pool back in like 1999 or something like that when it was the the hot hit what did Um, we hear Baby, you're all that I want, and I found it there in my arms, finding it hard to believe we're in heaven. You remember that? I do. Absolutely. That's what I think of when I think of theosis, finding it hard to believe we're in heaven. <laughs> That's um, true. Yeah. We, we, um, I don't know. Like. Uh, there's, I, I hate to like have it be your third podcast and already just like feel comfortable enough with you to just be like, do it. 
I don't know about they that. I mean, like, if you're examining strengths and weaknesses, like, aren't we just narrowing dating down to, like, you know, corporate executives, like, trying to find their next CFO or something? And it's just like, we have these needs in this company. You have these strengths. We would work well together, you know? And, like, I'm kind of like, you know, love is has to be more than just logic, you know? Like, they're... And I think I think some people don't even know their weaknesses, and and they don't even know their strengths. So love actually makes one swell with a kind of pride that they become more of what they are, and um, they also realize since this person loves me in this way, I can start to let my guard down a little bit. I don't need to wear all the makeup. Even the kind of emotional makeup, you know, even the spiritual makeup where it's like, you know, I've got all my stuff together. Oh, by the way, I have a porn addiction. Uh, I have, I, I get along great with my family. Um, I was abused by my uncle, you know, like there are things that won't come out until love kind of settles in and allows that. But then how do you know that? Right. And that's, and is an excellent point. Actually. And you don't want to just like lead off with, Hey, by the way, like I, I pick my, um, I don't know, deodorant out of my armpits in the evenings. That's <laughs> kind of something I enjoy doing. That's pretty hot. <laughs> I just wanted to make some, like, junior high comment to like, totally, like, frustrate people. Right. So there was a great article I read recently by some focus missionary on on modesty and dress. And pretty much what they said was that if, which makes sense, if, if, if you show too much skin, what you're doing is you're revealing something incredibly beautiful about yourself that needs to be considered in context. So you, I think it was called uh, a bikini can can hide so much or something like that. So in other words, if when you're showing a lot of skin, you are you are actually hiding the aspects of your personality because the person who's looking at you are kind of overwhelmed by that one mm-hmm. aspect of you. So if if you're if you're a little more covered, then then you're you're able to perceive. Or if if you're gazing upon someone who's more covered, you're able to perceive more of their personality than just the way they look, because just our idiot men, right. men minds, you know, can't can't do that much. We kind of get overwhelmed with one aspect. So it's the same thing with with in a dating relationship. There's there's a process. There's stages. So you don't want to say all those things you just mentioned on the first date because then you're overwhelming the person with almost a beauty that is imperceptible, like. You know, I used to say I, I get that a lot. By yeah. the way. I get that a lot from people. I don't see it at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, in other words, I have a beauty that's imperceptible, folks. <laughs> Just give it time. Give it time. Can I get that on a mug? We love you, Nathan. I've had enough Thursday lunches with you that I love you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, in other words, w- like I, I remember I had a girlfriend for two months in college, and after two months is when we had that conversation. The Here's my vulnerabilities. Here's what I went through when I was young, and here's how I'm living that yeah. out now. And and it was the right time for that. And it was one of those things I, I I kind of floated back to my dorm room saying we've had that talk. We couldn't have had that talk the first day. It would have been overwhelming, and my mind wasn't able to perceive the good of that in the first date. You know, it wouldn't have been easy. So just like you you want to reveal those those deeper more beautiful more intimate vulnerable parts of yourselves when the person can actually perceive it and when they can actually respond to it that's why dating is a process you know you yeah. love at first sight you know in the, i guess with that being said is well it, is and a it's a, it's a dance like nobody knows how to dance anymore like everybody just gets out on the dance floor and they're all doing solo dances um and you know like the dance circle 
is like everybody crowds around and then you just make up this crazy dance and then you know like everybody's astounded and then somebody else gets in there but like nobody's dancing with each other or if they are dancing with each other it's like a moment where it's like oh my god should i be seeing this you know which mad props to um the mccoys jonathan uh mccoy and now melissa zizda now mccoy um their wedding was sheer madness of beauty like just so much fun and we were all out there dancing and like the celibates were having as much fun as the other people and it was like it was beautiful and whatever but one thing that i missed okay so if i can put one bad spot on your wedding no i'm just kidding um there was no like time for just like i don't know you know, like father, father, daughter dance and like these kind of slow dances where like you actually go up to somebody and say, can I dance with you? And, you know, it's beautiful. You know, I, I, I like that. Um, and, you know, when you look at dating, it's like nobody knows how to dance anymore. And I don't think anybody knows how to date anymore because there has to be this sort of retreat on the part of one and this advance on part of the other. And then it's reciprocated, you know, like the push pull. Um, and for a lot of people, it's just like a lot of pushing and a lot of pulling, but with and not at the same time, you know, right. and they're it's just not a doing game. I think that's a good distinguishment to make. It's not a game. It's a dance. And, the, you know, yeah, that, we, that, that when someone does it well, it's beautiful and right. ordered and and even chased. And there can be moments of kind of like passion and um I don't know, like uh, a real beauty there, but then also like too much of that. And then it's like, well, we're no longer dancing. We're, um, I don't know what I can say on the podcast. We have too many young listeners. So grinding, that would be a, that's a good word for it. Grinding. Yeah. Unfortunately. You're grinding to a halt. Yeah. So meanings. Okay. So, so there, there is an, this is not, you're not supposed to overthink this, but I think if, if you give it enough time, you know, it'll, it'll, a dating relationship will advance organically, but yeah, I, what you you know what you mentioned earlier, what you called me on was you know it it that you're putting too much thought into it. You're not just enjoying it. I think our society is going to err on the side of just enjoying it too much. Like like we date for entertainment. I mean, I I know I certainly did. I'm a generation old, but but are we doing a societal podcast or the Catholic podcast? Because like to me, the Catholics don't know how to date. They're the ones having struggles with it. The rest of the world doesn't seem to have. Now, granted, the rest of the world is 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 getting into their own you know mishmash of like you know sex before marriage and all these other things. Just hookup culture. Fine, okay. But I think as Catholic, like certain faithful Catholics overthink it, and then they're just like, oh my god, is this my spouse? Like, what does this mean? And and you know, like, do you think his family likes me? And I should pray a novena right now. Oh my gosh. See, my my issue is that is that is that a lot of the Catholics that I experience also don't know how to be friends, and they they, mm-hmm. they, they don't know how to yeah. live in a community that that dating can emerge from. In other words, we we just don't have community. It's so individualistic, and so a lot of the things that that I think the greater society would call dating, we would do that just as friends. I mean, obviously not sleeping together, but but there's. You know, you have a community of friends and then, you know, a dating relationship might emerge out of that and it might not. But there's that's kind of where the the thoughtless fun happens. You know, yes, it has to be casual in the beginning. You don't want to overwhelm the person. But but within it being casual, that there is still there's thought put into it. But while you're still having fun. And I think that is one of the tests of the virtues. Is this someone that I will enjoy 
serving? Is this someone that even when I'm yeah. loving them by self-emptying myself, by kenosis, even if I'm doing that for them, is it still enjoyable? Is it laid back? Are our evenings together still going to be relaxing? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not overthought. So I hear what you're saying. And I, I, I do think that, that many Catholics overthink it. And, and that's another aspect, though, is the insecurity. I think many people that when they, what they mm-hmm. would define, I don't want to give an age, what they would define as, as kind of on the older end of dating, they, they have overthought it, you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with insecurity. Oftentimes, you know, I'm, I'm a vocations director. So in vocations, we realize that some priests never encourage their young men to be priests. Mm. And when you ask them, why aren't you encouraging any of your young men? Like you can see their gifts. They say, well, I don't have the gifts. There, there, there's an insecurity they might not even acknowledge. I don't have the gifts to be a good priest. I'm not a good priest. And mm. why would I want to look for those same gifts in somebody else? If they're so insecure about their own ministry, they're not going to want to bring somebody else into that ministry or even think that they can do it. Wow. And so I think some young men especially, they they are so insecure about, they say, they're pretty much saying, I want the girl I want to marry is better than me. Like I, I'm going to bring her down. So, like, yeah. so that they don't date. They they don't talk to any girls because of an insecurity. And it's they might not say that out loud, but they don't feel worthy of the type of girls that they're attracted to. Yeah. And so what that is 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 there's a certain arrogance there because they're saying, you know, the girl who's going to look to me is going to going back to what I was saying earlier. The girl that's going to want to date me and marry me and get to heaven with me, they're the one who's going to be able to say that man is going to be, you know, complimentary to, to what I'm doing. You know, what, what what their virtues I need in my life and their vices I can work with and their vices I can help with. And we're like trying to hide our vices and hide our vulnerabilities because they make us feel odd. But but there's if, if especially if you're a guy, just put yourself out there. You know, ask, have casual dates with girls and ask them out. It makes them feel good. It makes you feel good. You know, and and if 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 it's just like no, this isn't working. You know, that's what happens. I mean, that, that that's what ca- casual dating is: is being open to saying, you know, uh, no, next. You know, and that that shouldn't be as a, as offensive and so as hurtful as I think. Many people take it, you know, to bring back what you were saying about need to be casual, but that that happens in the community of friends as well. We can tell each other, you know, build each other up. Just like that's why I love the companions. You know, the the more that we honor each other, the more we criticize each other. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. If if, if we honor each other as often as we do, then it's much easier to say, dude, get over yourself or dude, pick yourself back up. You know, yeah, there's that real community that happens. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I like that idea of kind of the casual, the casual date, and and without the seriousness, uh, without the super super seriousness. But um, I mean, I remember, I remember going up to this one girl's locker, right next to Mister Gerhold's classroom, and I had to ask her if she would go out with me, and like I th- I thought I was gonna die. I thought I was either gonna vomit, I was gonna vomit on her, or just run away. And whatever else, and that moment in time is still kind of um, as present as it was then. And you know, it's like facing a dragon or something. Like, just get over it. Like, just do it. Yeah. Slay it. Slay whatever it is in you that's kind of like holding you back or fearful or whatever else. Okay, we went out. Was it the greatest relationship in the world? No. Was it a friendship that was good for a time? Yeah. Um, is this girl now like a Catholic nun or whatever? 
Absolutely not. Uh, she actually wasn't even Christian. Um, so uh, maybe she's Christian. She might be baptized. Anyways, um, but uh, but I think there's a, there's a part of guys that, especially Catholic men, that they want to do they want to do right by them, right. and they don't want to lead them on, and they want to have certainty or some semblance of certainty, and they don't want to toy with anybody. So then they don't toy with anybody. Um, so they don't ask anybody out until they're absolutely certain. And well, some guys do, you know, but part of it is, and this goes back to the same analogy. And we've, we talked about this the other night at, uh, we had this conversation over orange chicken at, um, Johnny Holly's Deacon Mason Fraley's favorite restaurant. But the, um, nobody goes dancing anymore. Right. You know, like in order to date now, you need to like be in kind of a group, and then you're going to pull this one out of the group, and then it's going to be awkward because like you're not really with other people and whatever else, and it's it's going to last like who knows how long, and do I have to pick her up and pay and all these other things? So like there used to be a time where people went dancing together, and you'd have you know 50 girls and maybe 30 guys or whatever the odds were, and then guys would just right. dance with multiple women. Yeah. And women would dance with multiple men. They weren't they weren't, you know, like hussies. They weren't like, you know, players. They were just friends. They were open to relationship. But then there were certain girls that guys had their eyes on and were trying to dance with them more often than others. And then many of those people got married. And it's like we have no way for people just to kind of be together in that context. Yeah. Where it's it is intimate. There's conversation going on. It's the kind of ritualized and formalized. Like, okay, we'll go out for coffee, you know, whatever. And it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know what the Catholic equivalent of that is. Right. You know, and even not even Catholic equivalent in our culture. I don't know what the equivalent of that is. Right. You know, like I think it's fun when people go and play like volleyball or you know, like bags or you know go. I don't know. Um, have a drink with with a bunch of people and just talk. You know, because that's how that's how uh, Carl and Sophia met. You know, they were at a party together, and then they went outside and started a conversation about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And then after two hours, Pete Zelasco's like, "Hey, are you ready to go yet?" And he's like, "No, go ahead and go without me." And he's like, "What the heck?" And then they ended up getting married. You know, so like, allow yourself the freedom to be in a person's life without it being awkward. And <laughs> The other advice I would give, and I'm sorry if this is just just advice or whatever, ladies, uh, you can really shoot down guys hard. It, I mean, I was I watched the other day, I watched another day at a party, and I won't say where it was. This guy was seriously trying to begin a conversation with this girl, and no matter what he said, it was like he would just like send up this like love balloon, just like here I made you this love balloon. I'd like to talk with you about this, and she would just throw her little blow dart like, and then pop it, and then he would kind of get dejected, and then he would try again, and he tried three different times, and then I was just like, girl, you're done, you know, like yeah. that's it's not gonna. Now, granted, maybe she had zero interest in this guy, and she was definitely trying to say I have zero interest in you, but I was like, maybe he's just open to friendship, you know. That's, that's the Benedictine thing, right? You knock once, you get rejected. Knock a second time, get rejected. Knock a third time if you want to become a Benedictine on the door of the, of the monastery mm. and the friary, right? So th- there is knock that too, but three you know, times on the ceiling if you want me, baby. <laughs> You're bringing all this back to the 80s Twice and 90s. Twice on the pipe. No, that's like that's like 60s or something. And I'm, I'm back in the... Uh, that's hookup culture. 1890s, yeah. 
right. yeah. So in other words, I, I think though that if 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 you observe this man doing this, I would have absolutely walked up and shaken his hand and be like, dude, you did that right. Like, I did good. Yeah. I, I after 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 this person kind of walked away, I was just like. You tried, buddy. Yeah, no, he had nothing to be ashamed about. And honestly, she didn't either. I mean, if she really was really not interested, yeah. I think it's good for, you know, some people say, well, I always give one date or I always give two dates. Yeah, that that's beautiful, too. But I don't see anything wrong with that interaction. Like, guys should. And this is another part of the, the feminine genius is if if at your locker, you would just like said, you know, hey, what grade was it? Whatever it was, you know, hey, 11th year old girl, grade girl, I, I want to. uh I want to go out with you. And then you just puked on the floor right in front of her. Like part of the feminine genius is she would have been like, oh, my gosh, you know, and they'd like taking care of you. I mean, that, that, that's, that there's I think men need to be willing to to get to the point of puking in front of a girl's locker because the girl can usually take that really well and yeah. see through that to a nervousness that is flattering. Yes. You know, and so men yeah. ask three times, get shot down three times, ask 10 times, get shot down 10 times. You know, there, there's. There's something that that men need to do that. And I think what that will do is going back to my original point, that'll allow women to see this, even if they don't think this way, that perseverance is going to help my life. You know, the, yeah. the, the ability to be humble enough to be shot down and puke on the floor is going to help us when we're married 25 years. Like him putting himself out there is going to is going to help our lifelong relationship. Yeah. And I think that's why. I mean, I, I, I'm the same way. When I think about getting shot down one time, sitting in my car, I was like 18 years old, worked with this girl. I dumped another girl for her. And then I built up this big moment. I'm sitting in the car. I'm dropping her off at her apartment. And I show say. Showbiz? Is this showbiz? No. Okay. Well, I mean, where I worked? Yeah. No, it was a Greek restaurant in, in Albuquerque. Anyway, and, and so I'm, I, I'm driving her home. And, and we're, we're, oh, you're thinking of Chuck E. Cheese. That's right. Yeah. So well, that was when I was 16. This is, I was older. I was driving. Okay. Okay. So I'm sitting in the car and and. We pull up to in front of her apartment and I say, you know, I really like you. And, you know, can we take this you know, relationship to the next level? And she's like, no, you're not my style. Um, and then it's just this awkward silence. And then she says, I think just to say something, she goes, me and my roommate are playing Monopoly up in, up in the apartment if you want to come in. And like, I think it was just something to say. She never expected me to say, OK. But in my awkwardness, I was like, uh, OK. So I went up there for the most awkward 10 Ooh. minutes of, of a Monopoly game ever Why'd after you being say shot. 10 down. minutes? I, I could only stay there for 10 minutes. It was so awkward. Like, the, the game wasn't nearly over. Like, oh. I had the little, you know, the little awkward. dog and I'd yeah. move like two rolls. Yeah. And then I was just like, I yeah. gotta go. You know, yeah. it, it just so, and that still honestly makes my heart ache when I think about that, just how <laughs> horrible it was. But I think that made me a better man. Like, if somebody came up to me and said, Yeah, I wanna ask this girl out, I'm like, Oh, it's gonna be awesome. She's gonna shoot you down. That's you're right. gonna go up to her apartment. You're gonna play 10 minutes of Monopoly game. And you're going to come out a bigger man than when you walked in, right. you know, absolutely. And I, I think men need community that will support them if that happens. And, and, yeah. and, and friends that will say, dude, you did the right thing. Even if you get shot down, you did the right thing. And women, you know, some women would say, yes, take, take at least one date. And I, I think that is awesome. You know, I think that is awesome. If you say any man asked me on a date, I'm, I'm going to say yeah, yes. Generous. And so, the, right, it's, it's a generosity and it's also a maybe there's something here that I don't see. But I think perseverance and humility in a man is is great virtues, and you have to be willing to to even to flatter her enough to ask her out, even if you think you're going to get shot down. If she's out of your league, you know, the, be a man and do it. And if you get shot down, you get shot down. It builds character, and some other girl might see that and then say, "I right. need this. I need this bravery. I need this perseverance in my in my date." Yeah. 
Yeah, the other thing is, I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think people know how to communicate well, you know? So it's like texting, you know, like they're just like, well, we'll just keep it, you know, we'll just keep it light, you know, just keep it. What what do they say? Like, we'll just. Light and easy. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, like you can't even call this person. You can't even knock on their door. Yeah. You know, like, um, I don't know. Don't be a stalker or a creeper or something like that. Like, think of it as you you are just a normal male who's trying to get another normal female. What are the ways, not using any, like, you know, extravagant technological means by which you can communicate to this person? Letter writing, helpful. Yep. You know, later on in the relationship. Um, conversations. Going on walks. I mean, like, walking side by side is one way in which you don't have to do the awkward, like, we're sitting down, we're facing each other, it's kind of limited. You know what I mean? Pauses are less awkward if you're yeah. walking. And you're just kind of looking, you know, like, you can fart and, and, and like, it's not going to be awkward. Cause Blame like, it on the person walking That's away. right. Exactly. I've done that, folks. I mean, it works. You know what I did one I did one time is I was at the Carthaus in Gumming, Austria, and I forgot one of my classmates' names, a female. And when I forgot her name, mm. it was just so awkward because she looked so offended. Like she totally thought that I knew her name. So mm. I went and got one rose and I climbed up on the three-story roof and knocked on her window, all trying to be romantic style, and I gave her the rose through the window. Totally got a major infraction. Got in huge trouble oh. with the RD for doing it. But it was it was Worth one of those things. It. I was like, this exactly. This is is good human interaction. I, I put forth the effort to to do this. So yeah, men, you know, man up. And, and I want to finish with this too. That that I I, I asked, interviewed a bunch of women just like on the basics of what happens at the beginning. Yeah. And there was like the the girls at Jelly U where I go for breakfast sometimes. You know, one of them was like, I don't want any kids. I'm extremely independent. I am, I'm confident. I don't need anybody. And after she said all this, I was like, well, that sounds to me pretty typical, you know, um, for our society. And then I said, you know, do you want a man to, to be the one to ask you? And she goes, absolutely. And I said, do you want a man to do all the typical chivalrous things, opening car doors, paying the bills? She says, absolutely. Like in her mind, as much as she was kind of a product of modern society, yeah. she still wanted the guy to be what many would say the pursuer. She still wanted him yeah. to go out of his way to, to, to make it enjoyable for her. And she did not so that see those two things as mutually exclusive. She absolutely saw them working together. Every single woman I talked to in the church, outside of the church, they all wanted the chivalry. They all did. It, I... I I, I think we, we get ourselves riled up about women nowadays that don't want that stuff. I didn't talk to a single one. And I, I was the same way. I'd, I'd go to college and I'd open every door for every single girl. And they all loved it. I'd come back home to Albuquerque where I grew up. I would never do that because I was always afraid they were all going to shoot me down or something. And some are going to do that. Who cares? Open the door anyway. You know, yeah. I, I don't I don't understand these men that, that become so like, oh, I'm going to adapt to what I think the women want. Why? You know, care, love. Empty yourself, embarrass yourself, you know, be virtuous and be yeah. strong and be confident. And that confidence will be attractive. Well, I told, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and, and she's, I said we were going to do a podcast on dating and she was super excited. And I can't remember everything that we talked about, but one of the things I said was she's living in a small town. And I said, that's actually one of the advices that I would give to people, which is um, if you think you're going to move to Denver or D.C., or, you know, Chicago, and there's going to be more people there. Well, maybe, you know, I'm not saying that that's not going to happen. 
But I'm just saying, like, it's really hard in those places because they don't have the same tight-knit community that that other small towns have, um, where when you go to church at, you know, like, you know, whatever small town St. Stanislaus in, you know, Macon, Illinois, if you go there, now granted, I'm not saying to go find your man in Macon, Illinois, um, but, you know, like somewhere like that, get involved with that community, and then all of a sudden it's like Aunt Mildred sees that there's a girl there, and maybe this boy's not there, but she's like, hey, there's this girl that's at, you know, Daily Mass, and you should probably check it out. You know, like, if you're just one of a sea of women, you know, at this place, well, how are you really going to meet those persons? You know, like, who's going to be the matchmaker or something like that? So I just said, it's good that you're in a small town. Now, I'm not saying move to a small town so you can find a man, but I found that a lot of guys, you know, in the in the big cities, they're not they're not terribly interested and they're like, you know what? That's actually a good, that's a good model. I'm actually going to wait for next year's, you know? Mm. And then they wait and wait and wait. And I'm like, good night, dude. Like, and I don't mean just to get on the D guys here. Like, I think, I think the women are very choosy and they want the perfect guy and he can't have any issues from his background and he better be a leader and he better know as much theology as I do. And I'm like, chill out ladies. You know, he's probably going to like football. That's actually really helpful, you know. Um, but uh, but I think I think part of it is just allowing yourself to be in those situations, and it doesn't matter if it's like church related. Now, granted, like if you have you know a church group, fine, get involved. But like other things, you know, like if you open up your your ways of being available to people, like go to the library, go don't don't just like move around all the time, like go to certain spots so that you're gonna meet people. If you're constantly driving all over the city to, you know, like see all these other things, but you're never at the same mass, you're never with the same community, you're never at the same like, you know, happy hour or something like that, like how you're a moving target. Yeah. You know? I agree. You we need human trafficking ladies, it's bad. <laughs> we need better community. I agree. 100%. All right. I think that's about it. We've 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 ranted and raved enough. And if we get enough criticism, we can do another one. Yeah, I Say guess. everything differently. Where we just yell at all the ladies. <laughs> Look what you've done. All right, good job. Yeah. Number 200. Let's hope that the number 200 generates many, many marriages. In the uh, books. For the kingdom. And we actually need to read the Gmail now. What? We need to read Gmail now to see people's responses. Oh, yeah. You need to read Gmail okay. to get people's responses. All right, so to the shout outs. Yeah. Here we go. Um, I need to do I need to do uh, a number of shout outs so just bear with me um, because these are these are all of the the people that have sent me um, big league chew and I've collected most of the cards and envelopes that you, so and you've shared none with me by the way that's a lie it's right there oh sweet um, the um, let's see here um, oh so the some of the people didn't include like a uh, name or whatever else. So you're just getting the town. So if you listen in Pratt, Kansas, thank you for my big league chew. I've been uh, through there once. Really? No. Okay. The Desette family in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Muchas gracias. Um. Uh, Mike, who founded at South Glen Mall. Um. Again, no last name. Mallory Richard from Lake Charles, Louisiana. She sent me an awesome card with a cat that she um, she took a picture of, 
and uh, drew a Roman collar on. Well played. Chris Kaler from St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish. Uh, Mallory, oh no, Mallory Richard, I already said her. Terry and Jennifer Wilson, they just got married. Congratulations. WX underscore Husky, you know who you are. <laughs> um, I don't want to say anything more. Thank you uh, for that. Peggy Moffitt, uh, the Tally family uh, in Centennial. Jennifer Wilson in West Virginia. And that's it. You know what I never see anymore is iTunes gift cards. You never see those? You know what I never see? That, like Maker's Mark oh. Whiskey and iTunes gift cards. Yeah, right. I never see those anymore. And those old $20 bills. I never yeah. see those <laughs> Do anymore. Do they make those anymore? Nice try. <laughs> nice try, Michael. <laughs> Flolo. All right, you got any over there? my favorite. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, quick shout outs. Martha Fitz went from friend to fangirl real quick, and she was one of the first ones when I first came on, and it was just so happy that i was on the podcast because she loved it so much before that she nice will she run so shout out to martha fitz also sylvia smith same thing pauline Meert. they very obviously love john a lot more than me but they they tolerate me and let Aww. me know that so god bless them also the gals at jelly you jelly you jelly you my, my brother we were there on monday i saw i was there too i i what? saw you on instagram I, I, I had my back to the door at the bar. You might have walked in, literally had your entire breakfast, and then walked out. Or I walked out and didn't see you guys. No way. Yes. I, I saw it on Instagram, and I was like, what the heck? Wait, you could see yourself? No, no. I, no, I didn't see myself in your picture, but when, oh. when you posted, it was like, Companions Mondays at Jelly. And I was like, what the heck? I was there probably at the same time. What time? Uh, Probably 8.30 to like 9.30? No, no. No, we were there from like you uh, slept in. 10.30 to 11. Oh, okay. Okay, so I, I was there before you. Anyway. Nice try. All right, so the gals at Jelly, who I love, and they gave me great feedback. Um, also, AP, one of the guys, Andrea Polito, she gave me some advice on dating Oh, as well. And so did the Pinnix. I, I met them at Homegrown Tap and Dough on Wednesday night. There you go. And they, they paid for my dinner. God bless them. And there you they go. gave me some advice as well. Uh, and a happy 55th double-nickel birthday to uh, Tim Pinnick. So his birthday was on Wednesday, I think. Tuesday. Nice. And, and finally, one of my parishioners, Victoria Olsen, O-L-S-E-N. Oh, here we go. Massive shout out to her. And I I am so incredibly proud of her. She is discerning Christ the Bridegroom Monastery in Burton, Ohio, and wants to become a nun. And I've, I've walked through this, walked on this journey with her. She'll be an amazing whatever she does, but, but she wants to become a nun. She graduated from the School of Mines with a lot of loans. And so... Yeah. So, uh, brilliant, brilliant girl. She's been working in the Aurora school system, dealing with punk kids now for a year, but she sees it as a major part of her ministry and growth. So she needs her loans paid off. So gofundme.com and then looked up Victoria Olson, O-L-S-E-N. This young woman is, is very, very dear to my heart. And it would be awesome if people could, uh, could help her. Make a donation in in honor of Catholic stuff. Yes. Actually make an honor of the Catholic stuff and then the Broncos. She hates the Broncos. Oh, she's a she's a Raiders fan. Oh well, maybe we have an. I Oakland probably shouldn't have said that. Listenership, <laughs> yeah, you probably she, so, she, her GoFundMe love, love page her anyway. just lost love money. Her anyway. <laughs> so Victoria Olson, GoFundMe.com, help her out, and she'll pray for you for the rest of her life. You should contact Jack Del Rio. He's the new head coach of the the Raiders. Oh, He's I, a big I already Catholic. hooked her up with Linda. Really? I did. Yeah, they're they're, wow. they're chatting now. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Me forever for that. So check it out. Uh, you can also check out the GoFundMe page for Shannon Gunning. She's uh, our youth minister here at Cabrini. Many of you know her. She is uh, entering the Sisters of Life in September. But as of right now, I think her GoFundMe page is completely funded. 
Oh. So um, any extra money, please send to Victoria Olson. So, so. prayers for Shannon and That's Victoria right. and uh, money to Victoria or Shannon. If or Shannon money. if she needs a little. Check it out first. Yeah. All right, folks, we're going we're going long. Number 200. Uh, there, will be the a, there will be a special shout out to Father John Neppel in our next podcast. So make sure to listen. CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. We'll see you next week.